Open your Bibles to Ephesians, please. This passage is chosen as a place to be an encouragement to us as we prepare to take the love of God to others. Our vision is that we will be the salt of the earth and the light of the world as Scripture calls us to be, as Jesus was. Jesus was the salt and the light. He is the salt and light to our lives. And anything that Jesus does for us, we want to do for others. And so we are going to go door to door and share the message of salvation with others. In Ephesians, uh, that is... It's the passage it's chosen because one thing, Paul was, you know, if anybody is, is somebody who we want to emulate as an evangelist, every one of us would think of the Apostle Paul, I hope. He is the one who seems like he single-handedly takes the gospel to the Gentile world from, from, uh, from Jerusalem all the way to Rome and everywhere in between. He starts church after church after church, and then he goes back to them over and over again. And we think it just he was just a natural at it, but I think as we think about his words, and then as he ends up asking for prayers that he might be able to have the right words, for him even, it wasn't just a natural thing. It is something that took him, he had to step out of his comfort zone often, and he was, God had to tell him when he went to Corinth, don't be afraid. So there is, we have to understand that, that he had fear. That he had to step out of his comfort zone and we've got to do the thing, same thing. So as we prepare to go door knocking, there are some things that we need to do. There's some preparation that needs to take place. There's some door knocking prep. So I go to some words from that great evangelist, Paul. In Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 10. And I want to read all the way down to verse 17 right now. And we, well, and uh, we'll back up then and make some points from it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. So that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm therefore. Having girded your loins with truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all. Taking up the shield of faith. With which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, which is the sword, or excuse me, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
I see some preparation thoughts in this. I see Paul preparing us to be able to stand firm for the truth. First thing he says, be strong in the Lord. Going door to door for anything requires some strength, requires a little bit of encouragement, requires you to say, get a big breath, I can do this. Sometimes for me, just making a phone call to somebody is, is, you have to prepare for it. All right, I can do this. I'm going to make this call. Let's do it. You know, this is, this is something we all have to do is we have to be strong in the Lord. I think this entire passage sets forth really a, a plan for that. But a first step is to decide that you are going to be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. We hear that commandment of God is be strong. Last week we considered one of the things as we are commanded to be fruitful and multiply. God often told people to go. Go, leave your place of comfort and go to the place I will show you. I got a plan to deliver the people down in Egypt who are enslaved there by the Pharaoh. And Moses, I need you to go. Leave your place of comfort. Go to the place where I'm sending you. Go. And we have to be strong. If he sends us, we must go. Be strong in the Lord. That's number one, is to hear that call and decide we're going to be strong. Number two, put on the full armor of God to struggle against evil. That's how I summarize all of this. But, but look again at verse number 11 and 12. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And if you, if you think about armor, it's... Hey, we're going to war. This struggle is certainly a struggle. It's a head-to-head fight against the devil. And the verse number 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle's not against people, but against the the dark spiritual forces. Our struggle is against the devil. The fight is against the devil. And now as we go to door, you think behind that door there is somebody likely who is aligned with the devil. If they are following the, the, the forces of darkness, if they have darkness in their life, if they have not given themselves over to the light, then they're on the other side. So our, there is a sense that our struggle is against them, but our struggle isn't to... To, uh, to harm them or to fight against them, but to bring them to the light. Our struggle is, is to fight against the lies that Satan gives so that we can tell people, hey, come to the light and enjoy life in the kingdom of God. Put behind the kingdom of darkness and come to the kingdom of light. We love the lost. They are not the enemy. They might be on the enemy's side for the time, but we want them on our side. Our struggle is against the forces of evil. And so we go to those who are on that side, on Satan's side, and we encourage them to come to Jesus Christ. So we've got to put on the full armor of God and get into a fight, but our fight is to bring people to the light. So remember who the enemy is. 
The enemy is the person on the other side of the door, and though they might resist what you're saying, though they might come back and start attacking, we've got to remember, hey, hey you, you know, our natural response, okay, you're coming at me, I'm coming back at you. But we have to remember, no, they're not the enemy. The enemy is Satan who is controlling them. Satan who is winning them with lies. And we need to confront with kindness, with truth. We need to love those people and bring them to Christ Jesus. So remember who the enemy is. Remember who the struggle is against. And we put on the armor of God to struggle against Satan and bring the loss to Jesus. Number three, stand firm. And here we just list the things that are represented by the, the armor of God. Number three, stand firm with truth, righteousness, the good news of peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. We have all of those things. This is our armor. We know the truth. And man, there's something freeing about the truth. When you know you have the truth, then like, no matter what people say or what people are doing, no matter what's happening around you, you can just rest in that truth. Something very freeing about it. Something that brings peace. When you know the good news of Jesus, we have peace in our lives. So know that we have the truth. This is the truth. We are sharing with people the truth. And they don't like to hear it, but we have to share it with them, given the opportunity for them to know the truth so that they can be set free too. We have righteousness. You know, one of the things I say about uh, Garrett Street, where you can find simple, authentic faith. We are the people who follow God's word in a very simple way. And it's a very authentic thing. We are righteous. We aren't perfect, but we follow the ways of Christ. We follow the path of righteousness. So stand firm with truth. Stand firm in the righteousness that's been given to us by our Father. And stand firm with this good news of peace. And again, people don't know peace in this world. Our world is more divisive than ever. And it also creates internally divisiveness within. Or people are behind their doors and they feel like their lives are being torn apart. And we want to bring wholeness to people. That's what Jesus offers is peace. He offers wholeness and completeness. He offers to people the way to be right with God and to stand in His presence to be able to pray to the Almighty God, to be able to, uh, to know that we have forgiveness of sins, to know that I've sinned, but the debt has been paid by somebody else. I don't have to be punished because of all the dumb things I've done. There is peace in the good news about Jesus Christ. The good news of peace. Let's take that message to the people who need peace in their lives. Stand firm with truth. Stand firm in righteousness. Stand firm with the good news of peace. Stand firm with faith. Believe it. If we go forth, believe that God can do great things through us. 
Stand firm with salvation. Stand firm with the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the last thing mentioned all the way down in verse 17. The sword of the Spirit. This sharp, double-edged sword. Yeah, it is an offensive object. It's something you take on the offense. So much of the armor is that defensive material. You want to be protected, but you also have the sword that is able to slay the enemy. And that is the Word of God. When Jesus was tempted in the desert, He took the sword of the Spirit and Satan's lies fell. Satan's lies could not stand in the face of the Word of God. It is written. The Scripture says this is how we stand. So think about this as we go forth door to door. Knocking on a door, not knowing if somebody's going to answer, not knowing what that answer might be or how we'll be received. I've only had one person kind of try to run me off, just a little bit. Uh, usually you're well received, but that might not always happen. But if we aren't well received, it's okay because we have the armor of God. We are strong in the Lord. We have the full armor of God. We know who the enemy is. We know it's not that person who's coming at us. They just need to know the love of Christ. So we stand firm with the full armor of God and with that sword of the Spirit, the very Word of God. So preparing to knock on doors, we have to remember all these things. We have to remind ourselves of these things. We have to be armored up, ready to go. Then, number four, pray in the Spirit before, during, and after knocking on those doors. Look at Ephesians 6, just verse 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Keep on praying. Keep on, if you're out there knocking doors, pray for the others that are on the other side of the street. And we'll go in pairs, by the way. I don't know that I've said this often, but we don't go alone. You're always with somebody, and maybe there's another pair directly across the street. We're out working together. Pray for each other. And if you can't go, you're going to be at home praying for those who are out there. Pray for each other. And as you go to, uh, before we go out to the doors, we're going to pray. And as you're going from door to door, keep praying, just saying, God, let, the, let there be somebody there who wants to hear, who needs to hear, who is actually going to hear. Listen. Let them listen, dear God. Pray in the Spirit. That is according to the Spirit of God. God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That's what God wants. So we're going to pray that we can be vessels of that truth. God, help people to listen. Let me be the vessel that, that you can speak through and share the right words with somebody. I put in here, um, in addition to this idea of praying in the Spirit before, during, and after, uh, another note that says, pray for the right words and boldness to proclaim the good news. Look at verses 19 and 20. And remember, this is Paul speaking. Paul who, oh, well, he was just a natural. He didn't, he didn't need any prayers. He just went and did it. This guy was a pro, right? 
Well, he's Paul says, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. He faced, he faced challenges often. People came at him physically because he was sharing the truth. I'm sure he was tempted to back down. I'm sure he was tempted to say, all right, I've done it this long and somehow I managed to survive. I've done my part. It's time for somebody else to take over. Pretty logical temptation there. So he's saying, and here he is, he is, which he is acknowledging in verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in chains. He is in prison because he has proclaimed the word of God. And as he is in prison, continuing to proclaim the word of God, everywhere he went, he's encouraging others to do the same. And in his words now, he's still encouraging us to share the word and to share the truth, to stand firm, boldly against the devil with the truth of God's word. Let us, let us do it. Let us remember who we are in Christ and what our purpose is. It's so important as we gather around this table every Sunday to remember what Jesus has done for us. But if it doesn't make a difference for what we do for others during the week, then I'm afraid we're missing a bunch of the meaning. We partake of the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. We partake, we participate in Him. We make Him a part of us. It's almost as if we've all heard the saying, you are what you eat, right? We are in Christ. Christ is in us. We participate in Him. It is a oneness. So if Jesus wanted the gospel to be proclaimed, He comes into our lives and He proclaims the gospel through us. This is who we are. The table is a reminder to us that we are his hands, we are his feet, we are his servants, we are one with him, his spirit is within us. Let us proclaim the good news with boldness, without fear, when we have to constantly be praying for that attitude. So number one, be strong in the Lord. Number two, put on that full armor so we can be ready to struggle against evil. Number three, stand firm. Number four, pray in the Spirit. Number five, pray that God will open doors. So I flipped to Colossians uh, a couple books over. The, the book of Colossians is a repeat in a lot of ways of Ephesians. They're very similar. Colossians is kind of a shortened version of it. And so in Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, uh, towards the closing of this letter, Paul says something similar, but adds uh, some words here. Uh, I'll read verse 2 with it. It says, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up to us, a door for the word 
so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. So again, here he is. Um, he's in prison. And he's praying for doors to be opened. Opportunities to speak the word of God. And when that opportunity comes, then he wants to speak it properly, speak it clearly. And to that point, we are speaking the love of Christ to people. Christ has died for everyone on this earth so that they might be saved. And we just need to tell people that Christ loves you this much. God loves you this much. He is a God of love. He has done great things for you. He loves you. He has demonstrated that love for you by giving His own Son to die on the cross. So here we are. We've got to pray for opportunities to speak those words. And the euphemism that is here of opening doors is very literal for us. We pray, God, open up the doors for us as we go forth Saturday and knock. And I pray that we hardly get anywhere in town because so many doors are opened. Usually we come back, hey, look at all the doors we knocked on. Well, wouldn't it be great to say, we didn't get very many doors knocked on. We only got 20 doors. We only knocked on 20 doors or 30 doors because everybody kept opening their doors and they were talking to us and we were inviting people to church. We were praying for people. We were sharing uh, the good news of Jesus and telling them that Jesus loves them. We didn't get much done except we got everything done. Proclaiming the truth. Pray God will open doors. That's how we need to prepare this week. Let's pray that God will open doors. On that day, let's pray that God will open the doors. Also from uh, Colossians. Um, verse number 5 and 6 in chapter 4 still. And notice he says, I want, to make it, I want to make it clear in the way I ought to speak. He wants to speak the gospel just simply, clearly. The plain gospel. Not confusing, simple. God loves you. Number, verse number five, conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. So let's plan with, to have God's wisdom pour forth from our mouths. Let us speak with grace. If somebody comes back and they're a little riled up, oh, you Christians always coming out here trying to make me feel bad about how I'm living, tell me i got to go to church, respond with grace. Let our, let our words be seasoned with salt as much as possible. That salt, oh man, salt makes everything taste a little better. Let's have our words seasoned with salt. Let us be kind and loving towards people, even as we speak the truth that can be very cutting and very hurting. It should hurt a sinner to find out they're a sinner. It hurts. We all want to be perfect. We want people to respect us. We want to think we're right in God's eyes. We want to think I'm a good person. If I die today, I'm going to heaven. I hear it at every funeral. 
But sometimes the truth hurts, but we can still speak that truth that hurts, but do so in a kind, gracious way. Speak as with grace, seasoned with salt. And if someone won't listen, we move along. The benefits of our day at door knocking coming up next Saturday. Just consider a couple of things. Number number one, uh, that there will be joy in being who we were made to be and doing what we were made to do. We want to be Christ-like, so we're going to share the good news. There's joy in doing what we are supposed to be doing. Um, in Romans chapter 10, verse number 15, I want to read this, this passage. Uh, it's important in a couple regards, but Romans uh, chapter 10. <coughs> verse number 15 says, how will, how will they preach unless they are sent? So somebody needs to be sent. Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. How beautiful are the feet. You want to have beautiful feet? Go door to door with the gospel of peace. Good news. Take good news to people. Man, can you imagine how wonderful it is when you share the gospel with somebody and they are very aware that on that maybe maybe months away from now, hey, I'm saved because you are the one who brought the gospel to me. You are the one who taught me. You are the one who came to my door and said, have you heard about Jesus? I want to pray for you. Jesus cares for you, so I care for you. Is there anything you want me to pray about with you? Come to church sometime. We'd love to have you. Imagine somebody who comes to Christ because your feet brought the gospel to them. How wonderful. That that would be great joy in doing what Christ wants us to do. Hebrews uh, chapter 12. I think there's an interesting, uh, I don't, to be fair, this isn't a chapter that's about evangelism uh, per se. But it's about persevering through the difficulties of life. And one of the difficulties that we face is, I think this Paul would say, being an evangelist brings a lot of problems. But we need to persevere in it. So number two, the point is, let us learn, or the benefit of door knocking is that we will be learning as we go through this practice to run the race with endurance like Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 starts this way. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surround us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. By the way, I got to pause. Last week, I went quickly at the end of the sermon through uh, the fact that sometimes we are distracted. There are things that try and prevent us from sharing the gospels, things that will, the things, there is only one gospel, sharing the gospel. There are things that try and prevent us from getting there, from participating, and we have to overcome those obstacles. We can't be lazy. We can't be disobedient. We can't be distracted with the things of the world. And that's what this verse is talking about here. Let us lay aside those things that try and slow us down. Put them aside and be strong in the Lord. Let us, at the end of verse 1, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. 
Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus did difficult things when he went to that cross. He's an example of, to us of somebody who endures and does something difficult. So therefore, let us do the difficult things. Let us be strong. Let us endure. Let us persevere. Let us not give up. And we have plenty of seats to fill here. So let us go out and do plenty of work to bring plenty of people in so that they can know Jesus. Not just so that they can go to church. Going to church is a wonderful thing. I love being a part of a family. But knowing Christ, having him as our brother, he's everything to us. Let's introduce people to Jesus. Number three, when we go door knocking, we are evangelists and are becoming better evangelists. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse Verses 11 through 13, it mentions some spiritual gifts that God had given people. One of those gifts he gave some as evangelists. And Paul was one of those evangelists, right? He went forth proclaiming the good news. Maybe you know somebody who is an evangelist. It's like they can't stop talking about Jesus and they're bringing people to, to Jesus all the time. Maybe you know somebody like that. And they have that spiritual gift of evangelism. And our spiritual gifts, we went through this years ago, didn't we? Some of us know our spiritual gifts. And we didn't show up as evangelists. And it's apparent by the fact that we don't have a lot of folks here. We've struggled to grow. But that doesn't mean we can't evangelize. And we can do this. And if we go door to door, it helps build us up into our mindset of knowing that we can do evangelists. Even if it's not my most natural gift, we can be evangelists, each and every one of us. So go to door, get out of that comfort zone, and you can, you can grow into an evangelist and become an evangelist. Jesus had every spiritual gift perfectly, right? And we're growing to become like him. He's our example. Let us become like Christ and be evangelists. And that is one of the great benefits that we'll experience by going door to door as we realize that it's not might not be that most natural for me. I never considered myself a salesman going door to door, but when it comes to Jesus, I can tell others about him. Matthew 16, verse 18 was our scripture reading that was provided for us today. And it says this, Jesus speaking, when Peter confessed him as the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus said, I say also to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. We're part of that church, right? We're the church. It says, Jesus continues and he says, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. The gates of hell, the gates of the devil's domain, the gates where there are the evil, spiritual forces of evil. Gates are a defensive mechanism. Gates protect a city. They keep another force from entering in, right? Think about what it means for there to be gates. It means there is a kingdom or a city that is being protected by gates. And here is Hades... 
that has gates. And what is overpowering those gates? What is bursting forth into evil? It is the light of Christ. It is the kingdom of God. It is God's children shining the light and going forth and overcoming evil. We are not cowering in a corner. We are busting down the gates of hell. We are overcoming death. We are sharing the message that beats everything. We are sharing Christ Jesus. And we will go into difficult places just like Paul did and share that message. We will do so with boldness and with great humility, asking God to give us the right words, fill us with grace, and let us be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Let us be bold and courageous, and may God fill this building with believers. If there's anybody here who wants to be a part of this wonderful, powerful kingdom of Christ, you've not given your life to Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Come join the family of God. If you need to respond in any way, please come as we stand together and sing.